The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. You look at the trajectory of this, how they're escalating on Trump, whether you love him or hate him. He's now a populist icon. Uh, he, he's now the underdog. Uh, the globalists are coming after him. They're coming after our right to vote for who we want. He gets 60 percent. Which is the fundamental right in a democracy. I, the people rule. I can vote for whomever I want. It do, and if you don't like that person, that's immaterial. Absolutely. Right? And he's been indicted for saying they're stealing elections. They're stealing it. Try, do, oh, I'm aware. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In their indictments of him. Is election theft, but yes. So, so, but despite that, he's got 60% against all other Republicans. He's 15, 20 points ahead of Biden. It's backfired, but the deep state's not going to stop. So when you said to Trump several times in that 400 million views, whatever you got, biggest show ever, you know, you said to him, well, isn't the next thing them trying to kill you? And he, he, he's so confident. He doesn't want to think about that. And we're, well, he doesn't want to think about it. Whereas I admire someone that's that comp. Confident, you know, the deep state does kill people, and 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 that's their only next move because this is failing, and and I think they're going to kill Biden too. Wow, the deep state does kill. That's of course that's Alex Jones and, and Tucker conducting another interview that he wouldn't be able to do if he was still at Fox News, but Alex Jones, he's he's uh, for all of his faults, he's uh, had some accurate predictions over the years saying that the deep state's not going to give up. They're not going to quit. They're going to keep going after Trump and perhaps even Biden as well. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show, the last show of the week. You can get to the live video stream of this show at uh, trumpetdaily.com and also at our Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpetdaily. And if you go to the channel... Make sure you give us the thumbs up so our ratings increase. Join the growing audience for the Trumpet Daily. Lots to get to. All There always is on the last show of the week. You've got uh, Hunter Biden's indictment that uh, just went down last night. Quite a lot of the talking heads uh, uh, analyzing that last night and this morning. We'll get into that here in just a second. We've also got our World Watch segment for uh for the friday show and then uh, also as per usual we'll conclude the friday show with our bible study segment as well if you if you think about the the hunter indictment just for a moment i mean it, it fully reveals it's yet another revelation of what what's happening in the deep state and how they're so they're just so overrun with communists. Communists are in control. All of those charges on Hunter, for one, just compare the two. And Alex Jones kind of alluded to that. You've got all these indictments, the election interference. Donald Trump's been charged with 91 felonies. And and they timed it. They timed it to happen just in the last few months because they want it to carry into the election year. That's when all the trials are going to be happening. Well, there's one happening right now. The, the one in New York, Donald Trump, 
He uh, exited the courtroom yesterday and again had these familiar statements to make uh, afterwards. This is clip two. But uh, this is a case that should have never been brought. This is a witch hunt. This is election interference at a level that has never seen before. It comes out of the DOJ and the White House in order to hurt a political opponent. And actually, it's driving up my pulse because the people of our country get it. Poll numbers are the highest I've ever had. And the people of our country get it. It's a disgrace to America. It's a disgrace. It's backfiring, though. It's backfiring. But, but just to, again, consider your Department of Injustice. All of these crimes. He's got 91 felonies because they had to break up every single document that he supposedly moved. And they, they want to put him behind, bar for, behind bars for 700 years. So the charges against Hunter last night, nine of them, only three, I believe, are felonies. Tax evasion, as if that's the big story here. It's not as important what he did with the money, as disgusting as that is. I'll get to that in a second. But how did he get the money? Where did the money come from? And what was he selling in return? What product did he give to the CCP or to Russia? America's adversaries. And so then Weiss, he finally lowers the boom on Hunter only because a judge blew up the the sweetheart plea deal four or five months ago. So he gets him on the, the gun charge a while back. Now he's on to the tax evasion. Hunter, Hunter didn't pay $1.4 million in taxes. That's a lot of money. But then in the indictment, you see what he was spending money on, I guess. I mean, it's a pretty solid case when you're just looking at tax evasion. But tax evasion, that's like at the bottom of all these crimes. Bribery, pay to play, all of that. And of course, more and more. You're seeing uh, Joe Biden, the fake president, implicated in all these things, too. He, from 2016 to 2019, so these figures is basically all during the Trump presidency. The DOJ under Trump knew about all of this, but they didn't bring any of these charges leading up to 2020. Well, they can't interfere with the election. So just let Hunter, you know, be the rogue traitor that he is. And cover it up, just like you covered up the laptop. He, he withdrew $1.6 million in cash from an ATM over this uh, three and a half year period. $1.6 million in cash. He spent uh, $683,000 on various women, as it says there. $400,000 on clothing. He said he spent what was it, on retail, 236000 And then you've got the women, so 683000 on various women, and then 188000 on adult entertainment. So almost a million dollars to fuel, to feed his addiction to prostitutes and pornography. As I say, as disgusting as all of this, this is the smartest man Joe knows, by the way. As disgusting as all of this is, it's a, it's a convenient way for Weiss to just kind of... He wanted to make it go away with the sweetheart plea deal. Couldn't get away with that. Now he brings the indictment. Just 17 years in prison. Of course, he'll probably never be behind bars by the end of this. 17, of course, he's got his dad in office, uh, presumably, for another 11 months. So you can see the pardon coming as well. 
But, but now it all just goes away. The bribery schemes, the, the treason, the treasonous activity. Chuck Ross, this is a Twitter feed. The stuff in the latest Hunter Biden indictment was brought to light by IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. They're, they're the ones that said, why the DOJ, <laughs> that they were sitting on this, that they were stonewalling this. It says, safe to say Weiss would not have sought this indictment if not for them. If not for those whistleblowers, they, they would have just continued covering it up. Mark Hemingway said here, the fact that these indictments were brought also validates the whistleblower's story that there was internal pressure to let Hunter off the hook. He says that should be the major scandal. I mean, this is scandalous behavior to be spending millions on drugs and, and hookers. Millions of dollars that you got for what? Because you're working on the board of Burisma? Not even working. It's interesting when you dig into this indictment, too, to see what he was getting paid by Burisma and how that as soon as Obama left office and, and Joe Biden with him, then the pay started to, started to be reduced. He didn't, they didn't, Burisma didn't quite have the influence during the Trump years that they had when the big guy was in office. That's when, that's when Hunter was really raking it in. But, but the scandal here, the scandal here is that they, they, there's earlier crimes. If you want to go with tax evasion, there's earlier crimes that Hunter committed, but the statute of limitations has already passed. And so these, these are the more recent ones, 2016 to 2019. And even when Donald Trump was in office, yes, we're, we're looking at you, Bill Barr, Trump's DOJ covered this up. And now the DOJ is creating crimes, moving boxes, overvaluing real estate. Listen to the regime media as they try to make this seem like it's not a big deal. And even if it was, you know, Joe Biden is not connected to it in any way whatsoever. Clip eight. Uh, these are uh these are burdens on a family, and you just did a, a, a depthful uh, conversation with the president about grief. He's lost a lot in, uh, in his life. He lost two children. Uh, I'm sure that this is a source of concern for him. And how, the only thing I would say is I, I, I'm uh, concerned as a father. I'm not thinking about this uh, as a president. This, this, is a, this is more than a political burden. This is an emotional burden, and, mm. and we'll see. Well, look, uh, House Republicans have been trying for two years, Anderson, to uh, link the president to his son's uh, activities, and that hasn't really panned out. In that sense, this is about his son. It's not about him. Uh, but there's no doubt that uh, supporters of President Trump, who's facing four separate trials, will try and conflate the two and muddy the waters. Now, Hunter Biden is not President Joe Biden, and there is no allegation in the 56-page indictment that the president did anything wrong. He's not even mentioned, but that is not stopping House Republicans from making Hunter Biden's business dealings a basis for their impeachment inquiry. No mention of Joe Biden, no reference to Joe Biden in the indictment. Again, there is no allegation in the 56-page indictment against 
President Biden. There'll, there'll be a conflation here by Republicans. Yeah. See, Hunter Biden committed crimes, Joe Biden, the Biden crime family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But again, there has not, not, not been, that link has not been drawn yet. No, it, it hasn't. There's yet to be any evidence that, that President Biden had anything to do with the criminal charges his son now faces. And this is all about establishing an equivalency, a false equivalency between what people by the last name of Trump have done and what people of the last name of Biden have done. Hunter Biden himself is not running for office. Hunter Biden himself has never held a government position. There is yet to be any evidence that President Biden has done any wrongdoing. Donald Trump, of course, is running for office and now has 91 counts yeah. and four indictments facing him. But this really is, but this is their play here. They're trying to simply muddy the waters. It's very clear that Trump is trying to allege mis doings by Hunter Biden and also to not be the only president impeached running for office. Issues, but as you absolutely correctly pointed out, this is about the son of a president, the, the son and the now president, when this happened, weren't even, uh, the President Biden wasn't even in office at the time. On the other hand, guys, you have Donald Trump. Trump! <laughs> so predictable. Even when Hunter is indicted, Trump is right at the center of the story. For that, the two angles, the, the two takeaways, Joe Biden's not connected. And Trump is so much worse. Trump is so much worse. Look, he, the, in the case of Hunter, I mean, he was just addicted to, to cocaine. This is, I mean, the, the family's grieving. They're, they're grieving over this drug addict. Listen to Maria Bartiromo. This was, I think, this morning as she, she talked about the timing of this particular indictment with respect to Hunter, clip three. They've been sitting on this potential indictment. Why do they release it now, three days before Hunter Biden is expected to testify behind closed doors for even bigger crimes, and that is uh, influence peddling and money laundering and bribery? Does this now stop him, prevent him from testifying on Wednesday? And is this a further cover-up? I don't know the, the reasons for the timing at the Department of Justice. Hopefully, we are actually in a position to provide more insight to the American people. It would be incredibly frustrating if this is a move by the DOJ to simply stonewall Congress trying to get the answers for the American right. people. It's a convenient cover, as now Hunter can say, or his lawyers can say, look, uh, he can't testify. He's got, uh, he's got this over here that he's dealing with at the moment. Fox News had a, a former prosecutor on and made that same point about him being able to evade uh, testifying before Congress, clip four. Before we get too excited about this, you know, what it, what it smacks of is, hey, we, uh, we couldn't slip that past you earlier, the uh, nothing burger prosecution. And so instead, we'll, we'll bring these tax violations. It'll look real serious and we'll go forward with it. The problem is the prosecution controls the, the, the resolution of this case. They have absolute control in terms of what will happen to Hunter Biden, the sentence that he'll receive. If they have a judge, for example, that doesn't play ball well then you then you bring into play a, a pardon by his dad so for me i look at this and i also think about what's going on in, uh, on the house side and now he has every reason to deny appearance in front of the congress because he's going to plead the fifth on everything because he now has a criminal charge in california Margot cleveland she's at the federalist she says while the indictment detailed some sordid spending sprees by hunter biden the crimes charged were so basic that to say special counsel David Weiss or Weiss opted for the low-hanging fruit would be 
an understatement. It says, Weiss instead limited the charges to the crimes that fell into his lap. The simplicity of the charges underscores the protect Biden racket that operated out of the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office for the last several years. See, it's get Trump and protect Biden. And that's been going on for years, for years. Even when, even when Trump was able to appoint certain officials to head up these agencies, like Bill Barr, it says what was missing from the lengthy indictment was anything new of substance. On the contrary, the charges were so straightforward and stale that it's incomprehensible that they were not brought against Hunter Biden in 2019 or early 2020. The only logical explanation for the delay in charging Hunter was to interfere in the 2020 election by refraining from the Democrat candidate's son. Yet another way that this helped to steal the election. It's just like Chris Race that we played the clip for you the other day. You know, the senator says, why didn't you just come out and say the, the laptop was legit? Well, we've got to be really careful about what we say during an election year. That was Chris Ray basically saying, well, we had to lie because we don't want to interfere with the election. In other words, help Joe Biden win by not saying anything. But when it comes to Trump, 91 counts for moving a piece of paper. 91 counts, 700 years in prison. As Trump said yesterday, I I should be in Iowa and New Hampshire campaigning right now. As it is, I got to show up in court. Election interference. You You see how deep the deep state is and how deeply involved, never mind what Eric Holder said recently about them not being political at all. I mean, imagine that. Eric Holder, who said he was Obama's wingman when he headed up the DOJ. He's, he's now saying this, these deep state agencies, they're not political at all. They just go with the facts, right? They're being exposed as the traitors that they are, thoroughly politicized by the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama. He's weaponized these agencies. And look at how they went after Trump from 2015 on all the way through his presidency, all the way through to his announcement for re-election or, or to, go, to be in next year's uh, presidential election, all the way through to today. He was in court yesterday for bogus charges about exaggerating the value of Mar-a-Lago. It says here, the only logical... Ex- well, I read that. Earlier testimony from IRS whistleblowers bolsters that conclusion. The agents who came forward with uh, complaints of political favoritism shown to the president's son claimed the investigation was slow walked and they were prevented from taking investigative steps before the November 2020 election. Margot Cleveland says here, however, it's not merely the failure of U.S. Attorney Wise to charge Hunter before the November 2020 general election that exposes the malfeasance of the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office. It is also the sweetheart plea deal Weiss's team offered Hunter Biden. Under that since-soured plea agreement, Hunter would have been allowed to plead to two misdemeanor tax offenses and enter into a pretrial diversion agreement on the gun charge. 
It says, other than, other than a passing reference in the opening paragraph to Hunter Biden being a lobbyist, Thursday's indictment ignores the other potential criminal charges for Foreign Agents Registration Act violations, money laundering, and bribery. Those are the serious charges. And they're not in the indictment, are they? Foreign Agents Registration Act. Uh, money laundering. And then, of course, the bribery. It says here, the House Oversight Committees continue to expose evidence implicating not merely Hunter Biden, but Jim Biden and Joe Biden in such offenses. It says special counsel Weiss, however, appears comfortably uh, merely wrapping up the prosecutions that fell into his lap of far cry from equal justice under the law. Department of Injustice, for sure. Listen to Newt Gingrich on uh, Fox News, clip seven. Uh, this is a crime family. They were willing to sell out the interest of the United States. Uh, as uh, somebody said the other day, you now have in effect uh, a Chinese-Russian paid agent sitting in the Oval Office. He's an agent of the CCP. He's, an, he's a communist plant. He's infiltrated the U.S. government at the very top. And of course, as we know, it's not even him. It's not even the fake president. It's the dear leader. 15 years of fundamental transformation. What did uh, Biden say the other day when he was asked about all of these connections that are now obvious? Connections to his son's shady business dealings? Clip 10. There is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans at this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. Did you interact with many of their business associates? I did not. There's lies. You know it's the truth. As soon as he says it's a bunch of lies, you know it's true. This is in the Hunter indictment. It says, while Joe Biden is vice president, Hunter gets one million per year. He, the, the indictment basically is saying, look, he didn't pay 1.4 million in taxes and he had the money to do it. He was pulling out 1.6 million dollars from the ATM. When Joe Biden leaves, Burisma starts trimming Hunter's pay. Not as, it's not as useful to him. Well, this is, I think, Sam's comment. But it, it talks about Burisma agreed to pay the defendant an annual salary of approximately $1 million to be paid in monthly dis, uh, disbursements. In March 2017, Burisma reduced his compensation to approximately 500000 So as soon as Obama and Biden leave office, his, his yearly pay, it's cut in half. It's, it's down to 500000 And then it says here, as a result, he received a total of approximately a million in 2016. That's the last year of Trump's administration. 630000 in 2017, 491000 in 2018, and then only 160000 in 2019. Well, why is Burisma not happy with uh, Hunter Biden's work, his stellar work there at the gas company? Well, because his father's no longer in the White House. 
And so the pay, the pay cuts start immediately. What was it that Joe, I don't want to replay all the clips we've used this week, but Joe Scarborough earlier this week said that all of this, this supposed crime that the, the Bidens have committed, that's just, that's just Trump propaganda that's out there. Listen to this unbelievable take, clip five. But look what all of the right-wing media has done. They have gotten a son that had problems with crack. They have chased down every lead they could chase down. They make fools of themselves time and time again, but it has worked. They're lying about the corrupt Biden family. You look at the polls, it's worked. So now half of Americans see Joe Biden is corrupt as Donald Trump, when of course, it's such a, we could list it for four hours, it is such a preposterous argument, and yet because fascists are so good at propaganda, it's actually working. It's just fascist propaganda. You disagree with them, and you're uh, a fascist. So says uh, Scarborough. Trump's propaganda, a couple days after he said that, Hunter's indicted. Tax evasion, spending all this money on hookers, spending all this money on drugs, bragging about his addiction in his book. These people, there's fascists everywhere. As long as you disagree with them. Listen to what, it's later on in my notes, but this is what Van Jones had to say about Vivek Ramaswamy. He said this, he said this just yesterday. Clip six. In the smug, condescending way, that he just spews this poison out is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's gonna outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. Yet another Nazi, there you go. Fascist Nazis all over the place. It's just so ridiculous that this passes for commentary. It's every single night. These, these people sound like broken records, all of them. They all say the same thing. It's just nonsense. And then, and then you've got these crimes. These crimes that are... You talk about a dangerous administration. Look at the one that's currently in there, the illegitimate one. This was from uh, the Times over in the UK. The US's top diplomat has told the Israeli government that he expects it to end the war in Gaza within the next month. This is, these are the top diplomats representing America, and they're going over there and they're telling Bibi, you better wrap up operations within a month. This is a war the United States cannot get behind, quite unlike the one in Ukraine. That, I mean, that's going to go on forever. That, for that, we need another $60 billion dollars. But imagine the the United States pressuring Israel not to respond to their 9-11 times 20. It says here, at meetings in Israel last week, Antony Blinken, the American Secretary of State, made it clear that Israel would have until early January to wrap up its ground operation against Hamas. So here goes the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama, rising in defense of the mullahs, as he was doing since 2008 on. 
trying to intervene to save Hamas, of all things. I gave you more details of what happened on October 7. Just, just horrific. What those captives went through, what those murdered Israelis went through before they were beheaded. And Barack Obama, he, he's rising in defense of Hamas, as are so many others on the communist left. According to sources who were present, Blinken stressed to Israeli officials that the U.S. continued to support their campaign to destroy the terrorist group's military capabilities. However, because of the heavy death toll, President Biden expected the war to end three months after it began on October 7, when Hamas launched its attacks on Israel. Putin enters into Ukraine, and I mean America's got to throw everything at that problem to push Putin back. Hamas, Hamas invades Israel, and Israel's told, you better wrap it up within the next month, because we don't want any civilians in Gaza to die. That's a, that's a dangerous administration. That's a corrupt administration. It's a corrupt through and through. Never mind what the regime media says. You see the double standard on clear display every day in the way, in the timing of even indictments. What's in the indictment? The charges, the, the number of felonies, the, the number of years that you could be behind bars. God uh, has exposed a lot in these last few years. And so much of it gets back to Donald Trump, just like you heard in the cold open. You, you see how this one man has revealed so much about the evil and the corruption that's in the very top levels of American government. America is under attack. It's, it's being attacked from within. This, this book first came out in 2013, 10 years ago. And it's been expanded since then. If you don't have a copy, make sure you call our operators and request America Under Attack. 1-800, sorry, 1-866-930-3024. You can see the number there at the lower third. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Freedom is one of the most sought-after ideals in human history. Man's search for freedom has taken him into the fiercest of protests, struggles, revolutions, civil wars, and even world wars. Today, in the midst of free societies, many continue to fight for what they perceive as ever greater freedoms. And yet, many of these same people are actively fighting against law. Few people understand that this war against law actually undermines true freedom. To learn more, request Gerald Flurry's booklet, No Freedom Without Law. In this free booklet, you will see what the Bible says about the latter-day spirit of rebellion and lawlessness that is now so common in our nations today. Also request America Under Attack. In this booklet, you will learn more about the spirit behind this attack on law. You'll see where this is leading. Both booklets are offered freely at no cost or obligation to you. Request No Freedom Without Law and America Under Attack.
Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. Russia's military spending is set to dramatically increase as a result of a national budget President Vladimir Putin signed on November 27th. This budget will boost military spending by a stunning 70%. For the first time since the Soviet Union collapsed, Moscow will spend nearly a third of its budget on military expenses. Another 10% will go toward domestic security. This spending boost means that Russia will spend 6% of its gross domestic product on its military, compared to 4.1% currently. This solidifies Russia as the world's third largest defense spender behind the United States and China. Bible prophecy warns that Russia will lead the largest army the world has ever seen. Russia's increased military spending is a step toward the fulfillment of this prophecy. To learn more about Russia's key role in Bible prophecy, read Russia and China in Prophecy. New reports show that European defense spending is also reaching record highs. Europe spent a record $262 billion on defense in 2022, a 6% increase over the previous year, according to a European Defense Agency report. This is the eighth consecutive year of rising military spending in Europe. According to the report, 20 of 27 European Union members increased their defense spending. Six nations in the European Union boosted their spending by more than 10%. The ongoing war in Ukraine has prompted many EU countries to strengthen their militaries because they feel acutely threatened by Russia. Revelation 17 describes a European superpower comprised of 10 nations or groups of nations that will unify in this end time. The Bible says these kings shall make war. Europe building up and unifying its military is a major factor leading to the fulfillment of this prophecy. To learn more about this key prophecy, read our Trends article, Why the Trumpet Watches Europe's Push Toward a Unified Military. A man armed with a knife and hammer killed a tourist and wounded two others near the Eiffel Tower in Paris in the evening of December 2nd. Just prior to the attack, the man pledged allegiance to the Islamic State on social media. The terrorist was a 26-year-old French national born to two Iranian parents. In 2016, he was sentenced to four years in prison for attempting a terrorist attack. After the recent attack, he told police he was angry about the Gaza conflict and Muslim deaths in Afghanistan and Palestine. Europe has been overrun with foreign migrants in the last decade. The response from Muslim immigrants to the Israel-Hamas war is waking many Europeans up to the danger in their midst. The trumpet has long forecast a clash between Europe and the Muslim world. To understand why, read Why the Trumpet Watches Iran and Europe Heading for a Clash of Civilizations. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. When uh, Lara Logan was here a few weeks back, she, uh, she asked our students during a forum um, something about uh, cell phones or smartphones or whatever and, and uh, you know, how they're misused. And she didn't get much response when she uh, asked the question. And Sam, our producer, he told her later that, well, the reason they didn't have much to say is uh, we don't allow smartphones on campus. And 
she couldn't believe it. She just said, well, they're, they're, getting, they're getting their smartphones somehow, or they're going behind their parents' backs. It's just so, so unusual in today's world. You know, adults who routinely decry the, the, the bad influences that are there on those devices, but seem helpless in doing anything about it. This is from uh, a couple weeks ago. It says here, a Minnesota middle school banned student cell phones a year ago, and the difference it made was night and day. I believe the ban is game-changing and will have lasting impacts on our students for years to come, says the, the principal. Here's someone that actually did have the courage to say, no, we're not going to allow it at school. You're going to actually go to lunch and talk to each other. Further on, it says that the parents applauded. Just anyone that uses a little bit of parental authority to say, no, this is the rule. Put away the device. You have all of these studies talking about how damaging the influence is physically, mentally, spiritually. This is uh, from Study Finds. It says here, a new study highlights a concerning link between adolescents frequently using social media and risky decision-making that could put their lives in danger. It says, with millions of young people scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and other platforms on a daily basis, the effects of these platforms are far-reaching. Another one at the same website. Teenagers who use smartphones for over four hours a day. I mean, can you imagine using a smartphone for four hours? That's like like a fifth or sixth of the day. It says smartphones for four hours a day are at serious risk of certain health issues, a new study warns. Researchers say that increased smartphone use has been linked to psychiatric disorders, uh, sleep disturbances, eye problems, and musculoskeletal issues. The study found that adolescents with more than four hours of daily smartphone use exhibited higher rates of stress, suicidal thoughts, and substance use compared to those with less usage. It says they, they also had a significantly higher rate of obesity. But in most cases parents and administrators that they just can't bring themselves to bring it under control or to perhaps even eliminate the use the usage altogether we've been talking in some of our recent studies about just the joy of 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 study and learning just think about how how much these devices get in the way of wisdom and understanding People, people assume that they're making us smarter because, well, we can carry a library around in our back pocket. We can get to any information with just a quick Google search. It's making people dumber. That's the truth. It's dumbing us all down, this technology, and our dependence on it. Thomas Jefferson, as I mentioned on a previous show, I mean, the, the biographer said about him that he... He came to, uh, to know the pleasure of study. He loved books. He loved reading. He loved thinking. Thinking's not easy. It's hard work. 
but he certainly learned how to do it. Life for Jefferson was a perpetual study. That's one of the great founders. I mean, right up there with Liz Cheney. <laughs> you got to go back and see yesterday's introduction for, uh, for additional insight on that. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. His life was a perpetual study. Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And to have that hunger, I mean, you've got to know what God's will is, as it says in Ephesians 5, I think it's, I think it's verse 17. You've got to know. You've got to, rec- you've got to have the know-how. Dwell with them according to knowledge, Peter said in 1 Peter 3. He was, he was giving instruction to, to married people. You need to study the book and know how to make a, a marriage work and know how to build a family. We've been going through that subject in our marriage and family class. Yesterday we went through Proverbs 31. What a, what a wonderful chapter that is. God there comparing two types of, of women. One is the, the seductive woman, the, the one who prostitutes herself, the, the kind that Hunter Biden spent millions on. And then there's the virtuous woman, beginning in verse 10 of that chapter. And it talks about this wonderful, supportive, helpful wife. And, and her husband and the, and the children, they get up and they honor her because she's so remarkable. It was such a valuable study and led to a lively discussion at the end of class yesterday. It's such beautiful truth and knowledge that God wants us to be grounded in. Herbert Armstrong said, education comes from study, from books, from lectures, from contacts, from travel, from thinking about what you see and hear and read, and from experience. Notice what he said about schools, and this was, this was written years and years ago, decades ago. The reason we have to maintain schools and universities is simply that most people are too lazy, most lack the ambition and persistence, the drive, to procure an education outside of schools and colleges. Most people just don't have that ambition. They're not self-motivated. They have to have someone else standing over them all the time just to get them to produce anything of value. Now, there's certainly a place for a school system, a curriculum, a program to go through. The Bible has a lot to say about teachers, masters, as they're called, But Mr. Armstrong brings up a good point. I mean, you also want to be self-motivated. You also want to discover the pleasure of study yourself. We've really been emphasizing that in the forums um, here at college to really make, you know, use, good use of your, as I said earlier this week, your Thanksgiving break a couple weeks back or the winter break that's coming up real soon. I mentioned this to the students yesterday as well to just use that time after the busy, you know, term paper season is over and you've gotten through final exams, to then use those two, three weeks 
to really dig into outside studies that can complement your college education or what you're receiving at the academy if you're younger. 1 Timothy 4, notice this, it says in verse 12, let no man despise your youth, but be you an example of the believers. This is Paul giving instruction and advice to his assistant Timothy. Be an example, set, a, set the right pattern for others to watch. Be an example, it says, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't let a man despise your youth. Don't, I mean, look at how many examples, the positive examples there are in Scripture of God using or working through young people, working powerfully in some cases. Samuel, David, Jeremiah. Here's Paul trying to encourage Timothy. Look, don't let your youth hold you back. Just set a good example. Set a good example. And any time that you have, give it to study. He says in verse 13, until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Until I make it back there, make sure that you uh, pay attention to your studies. Make sure you're getting in your reading and study. Devote yourself to reading, it says in the Amplified Version. You think about the example of the Bereans in Acts 17, verse 11. How that they searched. They diligently searched the scriptures daily to prove what Paul was teaching. What, what, pro, what Paul was speaking in services, they went away and they said, All right, I've got I've to see this for myself. I've got to look into this myself. The Christian life is one of perpetual study. And if you dig into it, you'll find that it is pleasurable. It is enjoyable. It's satisfying to think more deeply, to study more deeply. It's hard, but you can make it exciting. Of course, God, if you add God's dimension or the dimension of God and His Spirit... This is where life really is, uh, is exciting. This is from a book that goes by the title, How to Read a Book, a classic. Mortimer Adler, I think, wrote this many years ago. He says, good books are over your head. They would not be good for you if they were not. It says, and books that are over your head weary you unless you can reach up to them and pull yourself up to their level it is not the, the stretching that tires you, but the frustration of stretching unsuccessfully because you lack the skill to stretch effectively. It says to keep on reading actively, you must have not only the, the will to do so, but also the skill, the art that enables you to elevate yourself by mastering what at first, what at first sight seems to be beyond you. It's uh, reaching the goal that's so satisfying. It's the improvement, the improvement, the growth that's so satisfying that brings so much pleasure into your life. This is why it's so important, as I was saying to the students the other day, this is why it's so important to get children involved in activities. Yes, take them away from the, the phone and get them into a program Get them into a musical lesson of some kind or maybe a team sport. 
And see, I was, I was joking with the, the class the other day about the first time I saw my son run in a sport. <laughs> it, was not, it was not pretty. <laughs> and it was, a, it was an eye-opener for me, for my wife, as we saw, okay, we've got some work to do. He, he needs to be a little more coordinated. He needs to, to learn how to do even some of the finer points. That Just being in the sport was so helpful for parents, for us as parents. Coming back to study now, it says here, to inveterate bookmarkers, the front end papers are often the most important. Some people reserve them for a fancy book plate, but that expresses only their financial ownership of the book. The front, well, he's just talking basically about Mark it up. I mean, make the book your own. Fill up the margins. Put, fill up the pages, the blank pages at the beginning and at the end. Don't just purchase it with money and then set it on a shelf. I mean, what good is that? Have, have the content get through to you. Dig into the content. Hebrews 5 and verse 8. It says here, though he were... A son, speaking of Christ, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. I mean, even, even the perfect Jesus Christ was always learning and growing and understanding more and more and more. He never did sin, but he learned. It says here in verse 8, verse 12, it says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Paul here lamenting the fact that the, the brethren in Judea, they weren't learning. They weren't growing like they should, like they should have been. He says here, you've got to go back to the first principles. It says, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. It says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. You see, God wants for us to realize our full potential. He wants us to, I mean, he wants us to really dine on a fine steak, spiritually speaking, and to not have to go back to, you know, breast milk, to not have to just start all over. This, uh, this, well, let me just read verse 14 first. It says, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. There's a, a regular practice going on with those who are enjoying strong meat, spiritually speaking. They're using the Word of God. They're digging into the, the holy book. They're stretching themselves. They're challenging themselves. They're growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is from that book, How to Read a Book. It says, reading is like skiing. When done well, when done by an expert, both reading and skiing are graceful, harmonious activities. When done by a beginner, both are awkward, frustrating, and slow. It says, it is hard to learn to read and study well. It's hard. Not only is reading, especially analytical reading, a very complex activity, much more complex than skiing, it's also much more of a mental activity says, finally, most of us are unaccustomed to doing this. Nevertheless, it can be done, and a person who does it cannot help learning to read much better. 
And of course, that makes it all the more enjoyable, the better you get at it. It's just like a, a workout physically. If you maintain the consistency with the workouts, you see growth, you see additional strength, you see more endurance, you see a lot of good things that come from exercising those habits, developing those good study habits. Mr. Armstrong, Herbert Armstrong, he said back in a sermon, I think it was in the 1980s, he said, Jesus Christ is the living Word of God, and the Bible is the written Word of God. That means the whole Bible. The whole Bible. You have to understand the whole Bible. He says, are you studying the Bible every day? That's what uh, Daniel calls the daily, those daily offerings, prayer, study. It's got to be every day because the subject is all-encompassing. I mean, it's not all knowledge, of course, but it's the foundation of all knowledge. God wants us to build on a rock-solid foundation. And so diligent study, I mean, it begins here, but there's other things that you can add to it, like we do in the college program here at AC, find pleasure in perpetual study. You will. If you're, if you're studying the right things, if you're peeling yourself away from those gadgets and devices and really digging into good content, you'll become more educated, you'll become a deeper thinker, and again, you'll find so much in the way of pleasure. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email us with your feedback or tell us about your study program or your study habits, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. My Twitter handle is at Stephen Flurry. If you're at the Rumble channel, make sure that you give us that Rumble thumbs up. We thank you for joining us on today's show. We thank most of you for joining us all week, and we'll see you next week.